It is a total shambles. There is no core concept, there's no script, there's no plan. In truth, there is no real roadmap to the good, the bad and the rugby. GBNR is just a weekly catch-up between three guys, James Haskell, Mike Tindall and myself, Alex Payne, who have various levels of interest and various experiences within rugby. There is a faint splash of the sport within what we do, of course, but in truth we're far more interested in people's life stories. Our conversations range from royal holidays to fathers for justice, from raising awareness of mental health to the plight of the Pacific Islands, from Black Lives Matter to the fear of retirement and with it the spotlight going out. No show of ours is ever the same, but the stories are always inspiring, amusing, relatable and most importantly, they are real. Ours is a weekly show. New episodes drop on Wednesdays and guests drop in every other week or so. And our audience are staggeringly loyal and amazingly engaged. We've got over 1.9 million social followers across all of our platforms and pages, and that is just in our first year alone. Incredibly, the average podcast listen time is an hour and 20 minutes, and we have over 500,000 listens to the show and our content each week, which in truth totally baffles us. So why don't you take a look back on some of the best bits of the last year with me, with some unbelievably famous names and some incredibly funny moments, starting with the one and the only Dan Carter, who dared to join us on a Zoom, but without having done his hair first. I jumped on and I was like, it doesn't really matter how my hair is, you know, because I've actually got some. And oh, some nice, nice. Well I played. always knew that I was going to be safe. But the fact you brought the hair up straight away, Hass, who's clutching to keep his on and, and Tim's... We don't even need to go there. He's, yeah, it's gone long ago. Jack Knoll, who then joined us in a relative state of undress. Oh, it's Nolsey! Oh, my God. Jack Knoll is wearing a thong with his face on it. <laughs> and then proceeded to lay into the hask without any need for encouragement when he told us about his latest conversation with Eddie Jones. Uh, he texted me actually after the game hask. We were up at Twickenham, weren't we? And he texted me saying, for God's sake, stop hanging around with James Haskell. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the fan favourite and my nemesis, Joe Marler, who certainly wasn't in the mood for James's chat when he dialed in for a bit of a chit-chat with us. Are you in a caravan at the moment? <laughs> no. So I thought, we'd, I thought we'd move past it. You know that time that I came to see you in person? It was actually really nice to talk to a friend. And what you've done now is ruin that friendship because you're showing off in front of your mates. He is a man that is always good value, but perhaps never more so than when he was forced to take a chopper to Quinn's semi-final against Bristol because he was on paternity leave. In truth, it's a story you couldn't really script. It's not like it was like massive luxury chopper. It was the smallest tin can you could squeeze in and the pilot was like, do you want to sit in the front? And I went, not a fucking chance. He went, are you sure? Because the, the, the bottom's glass... I went, oh yeah, that really <laughs> made me kid the fun. <laughs> Not really my bag either. But he also told us exclusively that being afraid of heights wasn't the only reason he didn't jump at the chance to fly in. And then they came out last minute and were like, look, what if we get you a chopper? And I went, fuck off. <laughs> I said, you've done this because you know full well I've got a catalogue of ammo against everyone at this club. And by you making me take a helicopter like the world's biggest diva to a semi-final in Bristol has now rendered all of those files I have against everyone null and void. But away from the madness and the drama of the rugby season, as a trio, we have shared some big moments over the last year. A little baby boy arrived at my house. Oh, You're wow. kidding! Oh, yeah. Well done, mate. Congrats. That's unbelievable! How are you getting on? 
yeah, brilliant. Arrived very quickly. Didn't make it to hospital on the bathroom floor. (laughs) (laughs) A royal baby born on the bathroom floor. Not quite baby Jesus of Nazareth, but a story that we did drop exclusively on the podcast, which then set off and went global. These real moments are what our pod is all about. We try to get to know the individuals in the game. And one of our absolute favourite guests last year was a man so inspirational that this short clip might just take your breath away. It was the England and Lions prop Alex Corbusiero. And this was his take on life and rugby while battling cancer for the second time. I think the biggest sort of silver lining from, from these experiences, from the last one to this one, is the mental side of my game, which I think is improved tenfold and the, and the ability to force and address <clears throat> issues and, you know, stay present. Even though I'm going through a tough time, I'm still creating memories and having great time and, and being with my parents and enjoying that instead of thinking poor me or, you know, worrying about what the future or the next treatment or the, the next scan might say. Another inspirational front rower that we have the joy of chatting to regularly on the pod, so much so that he's actually become the fourth wheel on our car, is Mr Ellis Gedge. Leicester Tigers newly announced captain and remarkably he was open and frank with us about the racist abuse that he has received online after playing for his country. None of them would ever dream to say some of the stuff I've had to my face but... Was it post the Wales game that you got death threats? Yeah, post Wales. What were you actually sent? Kill yourself, Uh, I'm going to kill you. Uh, One person sent in a, a gif and said send Ellis home. And then I, f- I was like quite confused as to why he was doing that. And then I realised he was like saying, "Send me home to Africa," and he was at him Boris Johnson in the in the. T- <laughs> it's if Boris is going to reply like, "Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll send him back." And while we know that rugby and society are still on that journey of being totally inclusive, hearing the abhorrent abuse that players face is still utterly shocking. Jason Robinson also revealed to us how his legacy in the sport is hardly visible. So as a black man, I'm I'm quite aware that I'm normally one of very few black people in the room. And as people inspired me growing up, like your Elia Hamleys, I've been there for a lot of other black people. You know, I captained England. You go on Google now and type in the first black captain of England rugby union. It doesn't even come up. I've achieved so many things. Would it have come up? If I wasn't black, the impact that I've had on Rugby League and Rugby Union, and you can't even find it on Google that I captained England Rugby Union. It is hard to comprehend that one of the best wingers of all time is faced with that. Giving these players a platform to tell their story in their own words is vital to changing the wider game for the better, which is something we are very passionate about and continue to focus our content on. The honesty that we get from players still takes the three of us aback at times. And certainly, we did not expect a legend of the game, Jeremy Guscott, to explain to us why he was so disliked by his teammates in his early years at Bath. I was too verbal and thought I was too good. David Tripp, both of us were quite relaxed and laid-back people. And we went to the wrong training ground. We went to the recreation ground. It should have been Lambridge. And I got in his Golf GTI and was chatting away. I knew the answer, what was coming, but I asked the question. I said, Tricky, what? What does the rest of the first team think about me? And I was about 18, 19. They said, Jerry, you said, Jerry, they, they think you're a bit of a wanker. And from that moment, I had a choice. That was the way I decided, right, I'm going to listen rather than talk. And I mean, what a knob anyway, that I've got 20 odd internationals that I can learn so much from. And I'm trying to tell them, hey, they should play rugby. I mean, it's a joke. And Guscott wasn't the only guest we've had on who's made a big change to their life. 
Wayne Pivak told us all about his career in the police force before he then took up coaching. You know, back in the day, um, the law of the jungle, really. It was a different style of policing. And if that wasn't enough, we'd heard the story of the old school policeman having another international coach as his number two, in no one less than Sir Steve Hansen. I was coaching the New Zealand police team and Steve uh, came on board as an assistant. I thought he might have been your assistant, as in the two of you were in a car. I was, I was suddenly seeing sort of like massive <laughs> sideburns and flares and, and leaping yeah. over fences. Steve wouldn't be leaping over too many fences. <laughs> Pivak and Hansen, rugby's Starsky and Hutch. There was absolutely no stopping us after that revelation. It sounds like a 1970s <laughs> show, doesn't it? Hey, Hansen and Pivak in a larder, a bad cop and bad cop, they're just rolling around, Pivak with a little roller on the side of his corner. <laughs> and Hansen's always by the chip stool with the chips before the, before the criminal runs past. And he's like, Steve, you're not going to get that? He's like, fucking, we'll get him next time. And you have to <laughs> In our first year, we've also started our own sister pod, The Good, The Scaz and The Rugby, headed up by the one and only World Cup winner, Emily Scarrett. Inevitably, we had to get her on our pod to tell us all about her pod. And of course, Hass couldn't hide his jealousy that her name was front and centre in the branding. I winced because I just never imagined having my name in a show. Um, right. Especially when Hask hasn't even got his name in the show. You don't think I didn't kick off about that when I saw <laughs> that you were getting a show? We're obviously delighted to have Emily bringing a little bit of class to our team because I said at the start... We are fundamentally a shambles. And sometimes, in truth, it all gets a little bit too much, even for me. Can't, you can't let anything you go. You can all fuck off and see yourselves Alex. out. 